This morning we're going to focus on a very familiar passage of scripture, Psalm 23. If I were to guess, I'd say it's maybe the most familiar passage of scripture everywhere. I suppose lots of people can recite the Lord's Prayer, but not many could tell you where it's found in the Bible, right? Or they could say, oh, John 3.16, but they couldn't recite that to you. But Psalm 23 has been memorized and recited and read aloud for centuries. It brings us comfort in our troubles and reminds us of God's goodness. God's character as our shepherd who cares, protects, provides. It shines through all of the psalmist words. I just wonder, out of curiosity, how many of you at some point in your life memorized Psalm 23? Look at that. See? Proves my point. <laughs> so I wonder if you would join me. You don't have to stand today, but we're going to say this beautiful psalm together. This is from the New King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I slipped in that runneth because I memorized it in King James. <laughs> How many of you did that? King James, that was your version. Yeah, it's just very beautiful and poetic. In Psalm 23, David writes from the perspective of a sheep. We are the sheep. It really isn't too hard for us to see the comparison if we think about it. So let's talk about sheep and shepherds. Sheep are mentioned over 500 times in the Bible. They're the most often animal mentioned anywhere in Scripture. They were important to the agricultural and economic life of the nomadic people of the Bible and are symbolically referred to as God's people. It's not a bad thing to be called a sheep, okay? <laughs> sheep are thought of as gentle, innocent, and pure. Jesus himself is referred to as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. While David and I were in Great Britain a few weeks ago, and, and in Ireland we saw sheep everywhere. It must really be a big um, economic thing over in, in the British Isles there. And we even got to watch a shepherd and a sheepdog move a flock of sheep. There was a demonstration there, and they, it was about a half a mile away. There was this flock of sheep, and the shepherd would give signals to the dog, and the dog would just move the sheep just right down through this little gully and right there up in front of us. It was, it was pretty spectacular to watch that relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. And contrary to what some have proposed, sheep, sheep are not stupid. They are not. In fact, they're quite intelligent. They're right up there behind pigs and dogs. Did you know that pigs are smarter than dogs? 
But sheep are herd animals, and, and they are followers. They don't have any sense of direction. Where the herd goes, they go. This is a good thing when they're following the shepherd, not such a good thing when they're following another frightened sheep. The flock, the herd, is where they feel the most secure. And they have an emotional connection with other sheep and with their shepherds. Sheep are so smart, they can recognize, I don't know how they've proved this, but they can recognize up to 50 faces. They can recognize sheep faces and human faces. They'll follow a shepherd they've learned to know and trust. They have a 320-degree field of vision. I don't know if I would like that or not. And they're also farsighted. So when anything comes into their peripheral vision, which is huge, it scares them because they don't see it really well. They're not dumb, but they are defenseless. If they're attacked, their only defensive mechanism is to run and, and flock together or kick. They're, they're pretty defenseless. They're not nimble like their cousins, the doll sheep or the bighorn sheep. If they fall or if they lay down and get rolled over on their back, they can't get up and they will either be killed or die of exposure. They're vulnerable, helpless, frightened often, anxious when they're not in the care of their shepherd. They're calm and sedate, though, when they are led and protected by their shepherd. Reminds me of that place in the Gospel of Matthew where it says that Jesus saw the crowds and had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. We need a good shepherd. So it's not difficult for us to see the comparison between humans and sheep and why we need a shepherd. So if anybody knew the relationship between shepherd and sheep, it was David, the writer of this psalm. Before his famous encounter with Goliath, before his apprenticeship to King Saul, before he was the king of Israel, before his downfall with Bathsheba, he was a simple shepherd boy and a good one. He cared for his flock with wisdom and with courage. It says he even fought off a bear and a lion to protect his life. He was a good shepherd. So this psalm is a very personal one for David. He knew firsthand that a good shepherd knows his sheep. Ran across an interesting story when I was uh, doing some study and research for this, uh, and I just thought it was really a picture of how our good shepherd knows us. It said, in 1963, there was a shepherd boy in the United Kingdom who testified on oath that some of his boss's sheep had joined another flock. When asked how he knew this, he just said, I recognize them. <laughs> so the BBC decided to do an experiment to test whether Shepard really did know his sheep by sight, individually. So they took three sheep from a nearby farm and they marked them on their bellies with a, uh, some tar so that from the top you couldn't see one sheep from another. I couldn't tell one sheep from another. And then they mixed them in with this um, shepherd's flock of sheep. And they said to him, do you think you can pick out, there are three sheep out here that are not your sheep, do you think you can pick them out? And he said, I think I can. And so he walked out into the, you know, they're all just milling around, and he walked out into the sheep, and w in less than a minute he had identified all three of those strange sheep. 
It was, it was pretty incredible. And so they took it a step further. They said, so you really know your individual sheep? And he said, yes, I, th I think I do. And, he's, and the interviewer said, so do you think you, if I pulled one out, you could tell me something about it? And he said that every sheep within three days of their birth is, has a, a number tattooed inside their ear. And that's how they identify them. But also that the shepherd knows a little bit about each sheep. So they sent a shepherd boy out, and he would pull out a sheep. And about as far as I am from you, the shepherd would say things like, um, yeah, that's, that's uh, S52, the daughter of N8. And then they pulled out another one, and he said, that's T11, the sister of the one you just pulled out there. <laughs> and then another one, and he said, that's 275. She's the mother of the Cargus champion of 1958 in the Smithfield show. It was, I, I actually got kind of emotional thinking, from a distance, sheep all look the same to me. They're all kind of white and fluffy, and they look the same. But to that shepherd, he not only knew those individual sheep, but he knew a little something about them. He gave them a name, exactly. If a human shepherd knows that much about his sheep, how much more does God, our good shepherd, know us, his sheep? He knows when we're missing or hurt or in trouble. Another of David's psalms says this, O Lord, you've examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say, even Lord, before I say it. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. The shepherd, a good shepherd knows his sheep and our good shepherd knows us. The second thing a good shepherd does is he feeds his sheep. The prophet Isaiah said this about God as shepherd to his people. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Some of you now have the Messiah going through your head. <laughs> sheep can't find food and water on their own. They're dependent on the shepherd. They'll eat poisonous grasses or polluted water if that's what's in front of them. If they're not moved to fresh grazing pasture and water, they'll, they can even destroy a field and a watering hole in their quest for food. And not only does the shepherd provide everything that's needed, he provides in abundance. Verse 5 of Psalm 23 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The good shepherd provides safe grazing pasture, even when there are enemies around, when there are coyotes and wolves and bears. The sheep are unafraid because the shepherd is near. They're protected and fed. And the oil it speaks of soothes the wounds of the sheep and keeps pests away. And the overflowing cup speaks of God's abundance. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, Jesus says, that they have, may have life and have it abundantly. 
A well-fed sheep is contented and unafraid because the shepherd is near. The Lord feeds us. Jesus said in John 6, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. Jesus is our true bread and the living water that satisfies and sustains us, even in the presence of our enemies. And a good shepherd leads his sheep. A good shepherd anticipates the needs of his flock and leads them accordingly. Sheep simply cannot survive just on their own. Sheep need to be led to fresh pasture about every three days, or they'll eat the grass right down to the roots. The shepherd knows where the best grazing land is and has a plan to lead the sheep to fresh pasture and good clean water and away from danger. The sheep look to the shepherd to lead them because he's gained their trust. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. Our good shepherd Jesus knows us, knows what's best for us. You know, there are a lot of voices out there, sometimes confusing and contradictory. Busyness and apathy and sometimes our own stubborn hearts can keep us from hearing and recognizing the voice of our shepherd. We need to learn to be still and listen for our shepherd's voice. By we, we learn to hear his voice by reading his word, by praying and walking with others who are also being led by our good shepherd. We need each other to discern God's voice, to discern the shepherd's voice. And finally, the good shepherd protects his sheep. Even though I walk through the, the darkest valley, the psalm says, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. The shepherd's rod is a symbol of protection and love. It was never used on the sheep. It was a weapon against predators. The shepherd's rod was a short, heavy piece of hardwood with a knob on the end. A skilled shepherd could fling the rod at an approaching predator and scare it away or wound it, or kill it. This is the shepherd's staff that I was given when I was ordained back in um, 2008, I think. It's probably not really authentic, but it's, it's a good visual for us today. The shepherd's staff is used to guide and sometimes rescue sheep. The shepherd uses his staff to gently steer the sheep away from danger. Sometimes the crook of the staff is used to lift a sheep out of a dangerous or stuck position. Sheep can be stubborn. Hmm. 
another analogy to humans, right? And refuse to be led. They want to keep eating right where they are. They'll, they're much stronger if their heads are down. So the shepherd uses the crook of his staff to lift their heads. And if you keep a sheep's head up, you can maintain control of it. It's not hard to see that comparison to us today, is it? We can be so preoccupied with what's right in front of us and all around us that we aren't looking up to our good shepherd to lead us. The staff is a symbol of guidance and care. The promise of our good shepherd is not that we will be free from dark valleys. The King James Version says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That word evil can mean anything from distress or injury or misery of some kind or wrongdoing from someone else or calamity. Difficult times come to absolutely everyone. David understood this better than most. Yet he declared with confidence that the presence of the Lord made him unafraid. So I wonder what causes you fear today? Is it the idea that you or someone you love will come down with some catastrophic illness or die? Is it a fear of the future, what's going to happen? Maybe it's climate change or the state of our world or what's happening in our culture and society or American politics. Sometimes when I'm overcome with fear, and I think fear can happen to all of us, I ask myself, what if the worst happens? Will God not still be God? Will he not still be a shepherd? I don't know about you, but I'd rather find comfort in the presence of my good shepherd than to be out there on my own with my worries and my fears. Even the shadow of death or the darkest times, we can rest unafraid because our shepherd is near. He is with us. So don't be like that stubborn sheep with your head down. Look up to the good shepherd because in the presence of the Lord, there is no need for fear. Psalm 23 is written from the perspective of an old man who's seen the goodness of God. He's seen God's protection. He's seen his provision over the course of his long life. He's been in those vulnerable and dangerous places, and he's experienced the hand of his shepherd protecting and leading and feeding even when the dark valleys were of his own doing. He's been in need of food and water, shelter and safety, and he's seen God abundantly provide. He can truly say, I shall not want. There's nothing I need. The closing verse of Psalm 23 says, surely goodness and mercy, some translations say love there, will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That word follow in this verse could more accurately be translated pursue. God's faithful love is a pursuing love. He's saying, look, I'm here. I have so much more for you than simply surviving. Sometimes we think of our good shepherd as necessary, kind of like an insurance policy in case we're in trouble. 
But his desire is to be with us through every day, through the good times, the abundance, and through the dark valleys, to live each day in the company of our good shepherd, trusting that he will protect and provide and feed and lead. Later in Psalm 139, David says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will hold me. We can rest secure today because we have a good shepherd who knows his sheep, who laid down his very life for his sheep. Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold and I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. We can trust our good shepherd to provide everything that we need. We can say with the psalmist, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Julian of Norwich, a, a Christian writer from the Middle Ages, prayed this. God of your goodness, give me yourself, for you are sufficient for me. I cannot properly ask anything less to be worthy of you. If I were to ask less, I should always be in want. In you alone do I have all. That's our comfort. That's our hope. That's our good shepherd this morning. 